Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's a, always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, we have so many great advisors coming on to help business owners, our, our heroes, to learn about ideas and strategies and share their tips, ideas, and precautions. And today is no different. Uh, we have Jim Gitney joining us now from Group 50 Consulting in Upland, California. And Group 50 focuses on optimizing businesses at the intersection of people, process, and technology. They're global supply chain experts and work primarily in middle market with middle market companies in manufacturing and distribution, and their optimization methods have been successfully applied in healthcare, nonprofits, universities, and other business sectors. Group 50 has just launched, I'm going to try to say this, Cyobic, uh, a blockchain and Internet of Everything product, which is the next generation of supply chain management tools. I'm going to need some help with that one. Today we're going to talk about blockchain, the next technology revolution. Jim, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Phil, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, really, really my pleasure, Jim. Uh, you're you're going to tell us about some things that our listeners might be wondering about before we get into the heavy matter could you please share with us something about your background and how you came to uh, start Group 50 and what it's all about? Perfect. I'd be more than happy to. So Group 50 in and of its name implies a group of seasoned professionals who spent most of their careers in corporate America, and I was no different. I'm an engineer, uh, worked for companies like General Electric, Black & Decker, Sunbeam, Rainbird, and a about 15 years ago, decided that I liked doing project work and I wanted more variety in what I was doing. So I started Group 50. There's 22 consultants around the country with backgrounds very similar to mine. And what differentiates us in the marketplace is that when we sit across from a client, uh, it's very likely that we've been in their seat as well. So it's, you know, subject matter expertise, it's helping them run their business or optimize their business, helping them put a long-term strategy together, and at the same time, uh, knowing what their pain feels like. So uh, it's very interesting. So there's 22 consultants, uh, if you will, uh, uh, chained together to help each other out to solve problems of companies. When you're When you're out looking for a new client, what are you looking for? What what's the size and type of client specifically that where where you uh, are optimally uh, brought into a situation? So on a project on a project basis, uh, 
type of clients we work on are going to be middle mar what we call middle market, loosely defined as fifty million to a billion dollars. And uh, you know, right now we're at a local university doing an optimization project for their facilities maintenance, design, construction, transportation, and energy group. But that's a, 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 an example of where our tools in manufacturing and distribution have carried over into another segment. We'll typically be working with a manufacturing and distribution company who has multiple distribution centers and multiple manufacturing operations that uh, typically are in the United States and China and Mexico. We've done consulting work in 11 countries. But more importantly, it's the, the reason we get engaged is because there's a senior leadership team that says, I know that we could run this business with much less inventory, or I know we could run this business with fewer people, or I need to figure out how to launch this new product, or I need to figure out how to significantly reduce costs of goods sold. And so, right. or I know I need to do something different strategically, and I, I, I want some help to do that. So that's at a project level. Now, because each one of us have run businesses, and I've actually started and sold multiple businesses myself, you know, we do some projects with smaller companies, companies that are under $50 million. example is right now I am the, on the board of directors of a company that 36 months ago had zero sales, and they'll do $22 million this year. And the client is fabulous at designing their product and doing business development, but needs some help on the corporate governance side and on the operations side. So that's an example of where it individually we'll work on projects. But one of the reasons why I've structured Group 50 the way I have is we have finance people, we have engineers, we have manufacturing people marketing, sales, et cetera, so, and, and organizational development people so that when we walk into a project side of Group 50 to pull in the subject matter expertise that's required for that project. That's a fantastic uh, resource for a business owner. Now, you've, you've been a consulting company. Why are you launching a blockchain technology? Tell us a little about that. So that's that's a really great question, and 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 one even my guys have asked me. <laughs> uh, so we have done we do a lot of work around what we call value stream mapping, and it's a process where you so you know you get an order, you've got to convert it to you have to produce the product, and you have to store it, and you have to ship it, and you have to sell it. So that's a horizontal process, and. A lot of the work we do is to look at that process and say, you know, these are the things that you need to do in order to save money or to reduce lead time or reduce waste, et cetera. In the, in the beginning, you stated that what we do is focus on people, process, and technology, that intersection. And we keep right. bump, we kept bumping up against the, you know, there's only so much reorganization you can do there's only so much business process redesign you can do and unless you change the technology that you're using. So that's okay. why we have a digital technology practice as well. Now, claim to be subject matter experts in supply chain. And 
it's difficult to claim to be a subject matter expert in something as important to a business as a supply chain if you aren't also aware of new technologies that are going to transform the way businesses do business. I get it. And blockchain is one of those products. Blockchain is similar to where the Internet was in the late 90s, 1990s. So I sat with my team as part of our strategic plan and also as part of our exit strategy, Bill. Uh, We said, okay, um, we need to become experts in this thing called blockchain and be able to truly demonstrate our creds, credibility as supply chain experts um, in this new technology field. So that's the reason that we've, we've uh, decided to implement a blockchain product for specifically directed at the supply chain. It makes it makes total sense. I mean, there's, if you're going to be relative five years from now, you better get on get on this trend. That's uh, uh, a lot of people are saying. Well, it doesn't affect me, but a lot of people said that about the internet 20 years ago, right? 15, 20 years ago. It's like I don't I don't see how that's ever going to change anything. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it's amazing how much and how fast this technology is coming into play. But tell me something. What, what are the primary industries that really care about blockchain? So let's define blockchain first so that your listeners know that it is not Bitcoin or it's not Perfect. Ethereum. It's not one of these cryptocurrencies. But the blockchain is the underlying technology for them. And basically what it means is that if you and I and several of your listeners are doing a transaction and I'm supplying you product or components and you're supplying it to listener A and listener B, um, every time we move that part from part from me to you to listener A to listener B, its state changes. And that state, the agreement that part's now gone from me to you to A, can't happen unless you and I and listener A all agree and our copy of the ledger that is documenting this part all agree. And so once we all agree and everyone's ledger has been updated, it can't be changed. So that's okay. why you might hear someone call this about it being in a, a distributed immutable ledger. So now let's talk about why this is important. So uh, we're all familiar with or have heard stories about food contamination and people getting sick from salmonella or some other type of bacteria that's on the food. Today, it's incredibly difficult to understand what machine might have introduced that bacteria or whether it was in the right. field or in a machine or in a truck or on a bag. By implementing a blockchain across that whole set of activities from the farm to the table, I now very quickly know exactly what that head of lettuce I bought. I now know exactly where it came from, what trucks it was in, what manufacturing processes it went through, what farm it came from, and even I can go as far as finding out where, what part of the field it came from. Right. And so it now becomes much easier for me for a manufacturer or a retailer to attempt to find out where that contamination came from. 
So it's a series it of a series of transactions that are that are documented. The the block is closed that that cannot be changed anymore, and then that's chained to the next series of transactions, kind of like the the what you but. FedEx does with their packages, right? Right when you say, "Okay, it's been to here, it's been to here, it's been to here," now it's at your doorstep. That's that's a fabulous way to, to explain it, Bill. You got it. So let's talk about the industries, the food industry. Walmart's announced that they are going to start requiring their suppliers to be part of their blockchain, and we're using the same underlying technology that Walmart's using. Um, we, we've done something a little bit different because we've also included it, built it on top of a platform that allows information from any type of Internet device to be made part of that chain. Uh, and there's not, there's not too many people. There's actually, we only know of one other person who's doing this in the world. Um, so food, flight safety parts. So the... The law requires that a landing gear, for example, or a jet engine, or any kind of part that has an impact on flight safety, the complete chain of custody from the mine where the raw materials were acquired all the way through remanufacturing, that chain of custody needs to be available and needs to be reviewable by regulators and auditors and the plane manufacturers, et cetera. And I can give you a perfect example. When I was the executive chairman of a aer local aerospace company, we had a part that failed in an inspection and ended up shutting down half of Sikorsky's, maybe not half, but a big chunk of Sikorsky's helicopter fleet until we can figure out, could figure out what caused that part to fail the way it did and how many other parts were affected by the same process. And there were 14, 16 people for eight weeks trying to pull all that data together. With the blockchain, we can do it in hours. So flight safety, automotive, big one as well because of the critical um, chain of custody requirements for automotive safety. And then the last one is compliance and quality. So anyone who's attempted to do an ISO 9000 audit or an ATF 1684 audit knows that there's a tremendous amount of data that the regulators and the auditors want to look at in order to validate that you indeed are complying to regulatory requirements. So those are the four use cases we're going after, the five use cases that Group 50 is focusing its efforts on, and you can tell that it is all supply chain based. So Sarah. help our help our older listeners out for a second. What was blockchain called before it was called blockchain? <laughs> blockchain before it was called blockchain was called a hell of a lot of work. <laughs> so, um, okay. The, the, the blockchain technology was created in 2009 uh, in order to support Bitcoin. Right, which, uh, which is which are, mm -hmm. Those, which are internet-based kind of transactions that can happen. You need to make sure that that, that currency isn't, isn't being spent uh, multiple times, so you really need to track where, where the transactions are occurring and closing those off. So that, that part makes sense to me. So, so that's really where blockchain came. That's why we 
often hear those coupled together as cryptocurrency and blockchain, which is what you what you were dispelling that myth uh, that it's not it's not just for cryptocurrency earlier, right? Correct. And so there, in 2011, um, another gentleman rewrote the blockchain and it's created a new cryptocurrency called Ethereum. But he wrote it, so, so the blockchain for Bitcoin was currency only. Ethereum is for business transactions. Okay. And that's that's what IBM has used as it's the basic blockchain and created a product, a collection of components that's called the Hyperledger. And that's what business is adopting as, for the most part, as the standard. It's called the Hyperledger. You can type into uh, Google Hyperledger or IBM, uh, IBM Hyperledger on YouTube and you can see a, a dozen really, really good short videos explaining all of this a lot better than I have. So what we're doing is we've taken that core product called the Hyperledger, and we're building, we are adding to it. And what we're attempting to do is create a plug-and-play product that any one of your listeners who own a business who think that this can create a competitive advantage for them, or who is being asked by, and by the way, it can, but who also may be asked by a customer or a supplier to participate in the blockchain. We're creating a plug-and-play product that, that we can go into their business, implement it, get it up and operational, and help them redesign how they do business, new business processes, new organizational structures that are will now allow them to effectively use um, our product, which we call Siobic. You pronounced it very well. So, Jim, in a lot of cases, when when we uh, talk to business owners, we talk about you know one of the things you need to be doing at all times is creating more a more valuable, sustainable, and transferable business and this technology fits in each of those areas very nicely to be to give you a competitive advantage as a business owner to be able to say look uh, all of our uh, given back going back to your food example from from field to to consumer everything is is documented perfectly and uh, that'll mitigate or minimize probably uh, help your business in a lot of ways all your processes are uh, perfectly designed to fit together and and show if there's ever an issue we can isolate the problem and the and the potential damage it seems like uh, like property casualty insurance companies would be very very interested in uh, this emerging technology as a way to minimize and and take and put a a, a box around a risk easily too yeah yeah bill it's absolutely right i think it significantly reduces corporate risk and it significantly reduces regulatory risk as well. So if right. you didn't think about the things that you need to do for the government and compliance and uh, and that the blockchain fits perfectly for that because now if you have a, a, a ledger that it cannot be changed, you cannot lie to it, um, and an auditor, government regulator 
can come in and see exactly what's happened uh, through a simple dashboard, and you're good to go. So I, what's interesting, Bill, is that you remember what I said earlier was that I think blockchain is where the Internet was in the late 1990s. So a lot of this stuff is continuing to develop. Jim, unfortunately, so, um, uh, we're going we're gonna to have to wrap up. I want to make sure our listeners know this is a fascinating topic, and you need to get a hold of Jim Gitney and check out his website at group50, group50.com. And, Jim, I'm sure our listeners, are, I, I need to have you back on this. I'm sorry I'm running out of time. But thank you so much for joining me today uh, on this interview. It's been fascinating. You're welcome, and it's been my pleasure, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 